You are now entering Nowhere, California. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast sites like iTunes by searching Nowhere, California. A reminder, Nowhere, California podcast is our old feed, so please subscribe to Nowhere, California, our new feed. Also, you can get your Nowhere, California fix online by going to our official website, NowhereCalifornia.com, and emailing us at Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Ideas from everywhere, voices from nowhere since 2011. This is Nick. And it's Josh. And welcome to Nowhere, California. We're in 2017. And we're still going to be talking about death. <laughs> Man, it kind of followed us right into it, didn't it? Yeah. Just right off the bat this year, we lost uh, Mary Tyler Moore. And uh, we also lost... Uh, oh, um, John Hurt? Yes, John Hurt just... John Hurt The just other day, yeah. Yep. Legendary uh, actor. Yeah, John and Hurt. it made us really take a look back again at 2016, how many people we lost there, and... We, we had our moments of episodes where we would do the whole life celebrations and everything. And unfortunately, it got to a point there where it's going fast and furious. And then we got into our uh, dark months. Well, it was, you know, like there was something I was looking at the last week of, of the year. And we had, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I want to say they, they, had, they had chalked up 72 celebrity deaths. Yeah. But that wasn't counting people like... Blackjack Mulligan from WWE, China from yeah. WWE. I mean, there's, we were probably close to the hundred mark. I'd say celebrities. about 113. I think uh, like an unofficial count from like a fan side or something. Just like, what the fuck was this year going? Yeah, it was it was nuts. There was uh, there was quite a bit of death, and you know, I'd made the the comment that uh, this will be the year that the memorial uh, page, you know, the memorial wall. For the Oscars, actually gets played off by its own music. Yeah, <laughs> it'll get interrupted because it's like wrap it's it up. Too long. Come on, but uh, yeah. it's instead of doing uh, each individual picture, they should just do a mosaic. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's this, this is just going to be too damn long. But uh, you know, with with the with the recent passings and all the passings that happened throughout uh, 2016, there was one that was well, I mean, two if we want to get technical. That was that was just heartbreaking yeah. for pop culture uh and it's, it's basically and alone. yeah it's the entire encompassing story of that as well but uh you know i'm talking about carrie fisher yeah and her mother debbie reynolds yeah just that whole <clears throat> those couple days just as soon as we heard that 24 hours yeah less, carrie less than. yeah carrie fisher had her heart attack and everything we're like son of a bitch no right and uh, she kind of turned around and everybody was kind of getting that hopes up and everything and i I was at work on my phone when I shouldn't be, which is usually me at work. <laughs> and uh, I got a, somebody posted on their Facebook, uh, like, just basically the feeling of heartbreak and no, no, no. I'm like, oh, God, I had to text somebody. So I knew Doug was always at his computer. And I told, I just texted him, like, I need a Carrie Fisher uh, update ASAP. Yeah. And then it was just there. Well, you know, we, I think... The thing that people tend to focus on is when we hear somebody's in critical condition, we assume, okay, they're on their deathbed. Like, they are seconds away from death if they don't stabilize. Then when we hear stable condition... You get your hopes up. You you go, okay, well, they're pulling out of the woods. But that's not necessarily the case. What that means is that you stabilize their heart rate, you know, like, their... Their functions are not in a state of panic, you know, like we're not going to just lose them at any second anymore. But that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like people who are in coma, it's going to be in stable condition. 
Um, and that, that was kind of the factor, too. Yeah. Like, how long she was up in the air. Yeah, she without, was... And how, much, how long they were working on her on the plane, because the heart attack happened on a flight. Right, it happened on a flight, and it, it takes so much time for them to get back down to the ground. Now, you have to understand... When something like this happens and their and their heart stops, because from what I understand, she went into full cardiac arrest. Yeah, uh, which is very difficult, by the way. You know, in, in my CPR classes and Christina's nursing classes, uh, when somebody goes into cardiac arrest, it's a very difficult thing to bring them back from. The fact that she came back at it all is a miracle. Uh, so yeah, is is pretty amazing. Now, the the big question was how long was her brain without oxygen i think he said 15 minutes yeah and that's that's well well beyond brain brain damage and brain dead range yeah um, and i'm pretty sure that's that's kind of where she was at um it was more of a chance for people to <clears throat> you know family to get by her side yeah and uh you know and get those lasting moments right you know and of course the the heartbreak that i talk about is not just losing carrie but within 24 hours debbie reynolds her mother <laughs> Who she's so close with, and, and did you, you watch? You, oh, you don't have cable, you, so what? you didn't see the documentary that premiered on HBO. No, I oh, it was amazing. Yeah, hard watch, but uh, an amazing watch. Like I don't know Debbie Reynolds from right. Sam, but I still watch it. Singing in the rain, baby. yeah. I, I've never seen. Singing she in the rain. was holding her own with with a couple of legends. Yeah, I mean, she was no more than about, I think nineteen or twenty at that time, and. Um, yeah, she was just tremendous, and and uh, you'll see lots of shots of Carrie Carrie Fisher um, when she's like eight years old, yeah. watching oh, from yeah. the wings. And uh, yeah, I know we um, we're kind of on the tail end of all the tributes and everything, but yeah, we, we're, we're coming at this a little bit late. But we just, first of all, you know, our motto for our podcast has always been, you know, life life before the money. Yeah. But also, do we've had the holiday downtime for ourselves? Right, we've had a lot of holiday downtime. My my wedding anniversary, you know, falls in December. Uh, my birthday's in January. There's just a lot of stuff that was going on. Uh, uh, Phil and myself are currently in a production of Spam a Lot. My probation hearing is next week. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even true. It's it, the next month. <laughs> it was next. Yeah, it's next month. Uh, uh, um, actually, before we go too much more into this, okay, before we get too deep into things, uh, like you were saying, we should turn this over to our 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 man about town. Our, uh, currently uh, in New York. Yeah, that's lucky son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, like he said to me last last night, though, uh, <laughs> I know the recordings are going to be off from the Times, but nonetheless. Um, you know, like you said to me last night, well, the, the trade-off from being away from my family for a week is that I get to spend like an entire day, day and a half, I think it is, in New York just sightseeing. And he plans on going to Hook and Ladder. Yeah, and checking out everything. Yeah, Hook and Ladder uh, 20... What? What's the the number on the firehouse? 23? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Phil, 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 Phil's probably like losing his mind right now. That'll be a it's part of the Ghostbusters firehouse. That'll be the mop moment for the next episode when Phil uh, bitch slaps all of us. <laughs> but for now, but uh, yeah, this is uh, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to hearing this. And uh, you know, Doug Doug is a diehard Star Wars fan, as am I. And um, you know, it's it it hit us hard. It hit us real hard. You know, that's uh, part of our childhood gone. And uh, you know, it's kind of a fact of life as as Time moves on and we get older. That that's what happens. Our heroes and our the people we look up to, uh, you know, fall by the wayside and you know uh, move move into the great beyond or whatever it is or become home of the force in this yes. case. And so I'm I'm really curious to hear what uh, what Doug has to say about this. So without further ado, here's our mod, our moment of Doug. I really hate when I have to do mods about losing people. 
But I always feel like I must give my feelings about it because in a way of honoring the, the person. Um, losing Carrie was a pretty big loss for me. It was right up there with Harold and Robin Williams. Um, not much to say about, you know, like how it affected me because it didn't like it did, but I, it didn't stop me from, you know, going to work or, or interacting with people or family. Like I didn't shut down. Um, but it, it really hurt. And, you know, luckily my desk in, in my department is sort of off in a corner where people can't really see. So when I first found out about it, I, I teared up, you know, and immediately called my wife, you know, and told her because we had been keeping track of the stories. Um, and we had thought she was getting better, you know, everybody thought she was getting better because she was, you know, stable, according to the recent report. And then within two hours, we lost her. And, you know, that sucked, you know, being so unprepared for it. Um, but it was amazing to see all of the tributes that came out and what people did. And then the, the Walk of Fame star that was, you know, handcrafted by a group of fans. Um, I went and visited that, um, right after work one day and actually spoke with one of the guys who had made it because they always had somebody out there babysitting it so they knew it wouldn't get, you know, messed with or, or anything. And, and speaking with him, you know, the, the LAPD was completely okay with it. They, you know, said that they won't, you know, move them or stop them or cite them for vandalism or anything like that because it's not really vandalism. And the board, a member of the board of the Walk of Fame people actually came by and told them that they fully support what they're doing and that they will put efforts in place if need be to help help them if, if anything goes wrong. And the act, the Grauman's Wax Museum, or not the Grauman's Wax Museum, the Madame Toussaint's Wax Museum, actually um, provided them with uh, with barrier uh, poles so they could block it off from traffic so no one would try to walk through it, and that was really awesome. And uh, the Chinese Theater had put up a tribute to both Debbie Reynolds and and Carrie Fisher up on their big marquee. It was just amazing to see all of these people come together and share their grief and share their love for for somebody who was so important to all of us. I mean, she she's the first like she was the first character that I identified as a strong woman and I I believe she shaped my 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 wants for a woman. I my wife is one of the strongest, most, you know, fiercest women I, I know but at the same time much like princess leia she can be you know beautiful as the, the i guess is the word to say and not to say that strong and and you know is not beautiful but you know there's a poise to it you know she she's can go from shooting a gun at some stormtroopers to handing out a celebration medal and you know in full you know full gear and full princess gear and look amazing and that was all Carrie Fisher. Carrie brought a lot to the role. She brought a lot of, you know, vivaciousness and and class and poise and a lot to the role. And being that she's a writer herself, you know, she, she you know, working with that, some of that clunky dialogue that as much as we love Star Wars, we all have to admit, has some very clunky dialogue. You know, she's able to understand it and say it and speak it in a way where it didn't sound mechanical or anything like that. And, 
the playfulness that she had in her character as well with the sarcasm and the and the quick wit and being able to stand toe-to-toe to Han Solo, you know, and even at times taking him down a peg, you know, it's the character was amazing and Carrie had a lot to do with that. And, you know, she was also my first, you know, woman crush, uh, you know, growing up watching Star Wars when you get to be that age, you realize, oh my gosh, Princess Leia is very, very, very attractive, you know, not to mention the, you know, the now controversial, but at the time was no big deal. The uh, metal bikini, you know, that has gone on to have its own website for God's sakes. And it's at, you can't throw a rock at a con and not hit some girl in a Princess Leia outfit. Please don't throw rocks at cons, you guys. That's not really something I want to endorse. You know, it's a turn of phrase. So just leave it at that. Um, you know, but she was our princess. She was our general. She was our senator. Like she, she was, she was, for lack of a better term, she was, she was our everything. You know, and it's sad. And you know, that's that's just the character side of her. But Carrie Fisher herself, oh my gosh, talk about a woman who just lived life to the fullest. You know, hearing stories from people um, that met her. You know, especially once she had gotten over her her addiction to drugs and alcohol and everything and became more of her more of her I hesitate to use the word medicated for her for her disorders but that she was she was a big advocate for behavioral meds you know she's buried in a giant Prozac bottle you know or Prozac pill now but you know when she got to be in that stage of her life she became one of the most vibrant funny women ever and i love hearing these stories about people who would she'd meet them and immediately pull glitter out of her pocket and get glitter on their face and everybody you know people would say i didn't wash off i just wore it all day you know because i was carrie fisher you know and she she had fun she and she loved us fans you know at times you know she she's expressed much like mark or harrison or any celebrity has expressed that at times fans can be a bit much to handle you know but when she when she could handle us and when we were to- tolerable you know when we weren't overwhelming to her she was beautiful with her fans and and so and didn't just take a photo with you and like why she tried to pose with you or make jokes with you or or would hug you or touch you in some way like she wasn't like avril Levine where you have to stand two feet away from her you know it was it, she loved being a part of our community and she you know she shows that in her writings and her one woman show and everything and if you guys haven't checked out her one woman show wishful drinking um it's still on hbo um if you have hbo go check it out also the bright lights documentary about her and debbie is awesome so you know really check those out if you guys have a hole in your heart and want you know some last bits of carry there um but i think you know to to wrap it out i'm just gonna say like for us, for fans, I, I especially of fans of of the pop culture between, you know, right around, we'll say Star Wars and Superman the movie to to just after Back to the Future that little ten yeah like eight to ten year gap, we we all gotta start preparing ourselves to to lose some of these people. You know, we just recently lost Harold Ramis from Ghostbusters. You know, now we've lost Carrie Fisher. 
you know, it's it and don't even get me started on Betty White. We're I mean, she's strong as fuck, but she's ninety something years old. Her and Stan Lee, they're gonna they're gonna go sometime and I think it would just be better for all of us if we just took a moment to realize that that we are in a place where we're gonna lose these people so and to help honor them it would be good to not let their death derail us, you know, and so just take a second and then yourself look look up who your idols are who your pop culture idols are and just take a look at their age and kind of just you know try to add a number to that that may you know come up that you're like you know we could we could still lose people you know next year the year after for you know the next couple of years you know it could heck it could be even 15 20 years before we lose anybody you know we don't know but you know, it's these last couple of years has been really hard on the pop culture side of losing people. We've lost a lot of important people. You know, Bowie, Prince, uh, Harambee. No, I'm just joking. I don't know about the gorilla, but we just need we need to start being ready, you guys, and and appreciate the time we have left with them, and appreciate the work that they still do. You know, and as 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 someone who's not like I try to actively stay up to date with movies and tv but you know my life gets ahead of me sometimes i'll go a long time without watching a new movie by bill murray or something and you know and that's that's how we still get get to have them in our lives until we don't have them anymore is through their work so embrace embrace the time we have with them left indulge in it and then just you know be ready to mourn that's pretty much all i can say about that this would be the usual time I'd make some random joke about what he said, but this isn't that time. No. It's when it came to Carrie Fisher's passing and everything, it was like our circle was kind of making sure everybody was okay and everything and then keeping each other updated. Right. Right. You know, and like I said, uh, Doug was the one that uh, kept me updated on it. You know, uh, <clears throat> I was informed that we lost three. It, it occurred to me we lost three Star Wars entities in 2016. Yeah. In uh, Kenny Baker, uh, R2-D2, and uh, you're going to have to forgive me on his name, but I'll just say Admiral Akbar. Yeah. That's a trap. <laughs> yeah. So we, we lost the, the voice actor for Admiral Akbar. That's a trap. And, um, you know, and then of course, Carrie Fisher. And, um, you know, I think one of my favorite moments, and it, and it got replayed quite a bit, was her kind of impromptu roast of... George Lucas. Uh, before you go into that, because I love this moment, sure. and it might be some audio we may throw at the end. Okay. There is a fourth, because I remember today I read earlier that Richard Portman, Star Wars sound engineer, and 11-time Oscar nominee passed away today at 82. 11-time yeah. nominee. Holy crap. We're getting old. Uh, well, I mean, 82. That he, he got a pretty good solid jump on us there. So... Um, you know that's that's a big long line. Yeah, I think that's good. You know, and everybody's um, one with the force. And like you were talking about the the impromptu roast of uh, George Lucas oh, that made its rounds after Carrie's passing. Such a great piece of she was absolutely brilliant. Um, and you know she remained she remained one of uh, George Lucas's best friends um, throughout the years, and also one of his most trusted writers. Um, you know, touching help, up scripts and yep, touching up scripts, helping out on movies such as Hook, um, you know, God, the Star Wars prequels. Uh, there were several other. I mean, there's several, several. Films well, that's in this the list. key thing with uh, Carrie Fisher, though, too. Like everybody's like the wayward fan would be just mm-hmm. 
ready to just go, Princess Leia. Right. But then you gotta throw in all of her acting. Right. All of her books. Yeah. All of her movies that she wrote. Yeah, she's like, accomplished. Man. Like Postcards from the Edge. Mm-hmm. Um, that like I think that spiked on iTunes the, that week that they both passed away because Postcards from the Edge was about her and her mom. Right. Loosely about her mom. Yes. But, uh, you know, one of, one of the... And I, I think probably her single greatest accomplishment is the fact that she brought light and helped shatter or at least severely crack the stigma of mental health issues. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the my reintroduction to her and mm-hmm. kind of, um, I guess, my kind of going like, okay, I can honestly answer what's going on with myself because right. it's no, it's no uh, secret here that I'm a kind of a weird dude. <laughs> And uh, she would be on um, Craig Ferguson, the lately mm-hmm. show with Craig Ferguson a lot, and he absolutely loved every moment that she was yeah. on there because she was so open about talking about shock therapy and just kind of just talking about her past and everything, but also, too, just how open she was in general and hearing her talk and everything. Like, during um, the, the, after the, day, the couple days after she passed, like, Doug was kind of having his ups and downs, and I was like, I was trying to try to figure out the right way because to help him because we that's what we do when yeah we, we well we've discussed this on a on a previous like an episode far far away uh, pun intended yeah but uh, you know we discussed the the impact of you know emotional and mental health issues and things like yeah. that and uh, you know Doug Doug was no uh, stranger right well not that he wasn't. A stranger, he he had no fear about coming forward and talking about his own struggles yeah. and things like that. And um, you know, I, I really think that there's a huge credit that needs to be paid to Carrie Fisher for bringing that to light and uh, you know showing that the struggles real and the battles are real and that it doesn't dehumanize anybody. You don't anybody have to yet. hide in the closet. Thing. Exactly. And like he was sad about her passing and everything. I'm like, you probably have never watched these clips or anything. Go to YouTube, type in Carrie Fisher. And Craig Ferguson, thank me later. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. There's, there's so many times. I think she was on his show over 20 times easily. Wow. Yeah. You know, she's uh, she's so infectious and funny. That's the thing I didn't realize is what a, just a true comic she is. Like oh. How funny she was. Oh, yeah. And. Uh, well, like I was talking about the um, documentary on HBO. Right. And she goes, uh, they, her and her mom live next door to each other. Mm-hmm. And they kind of took a tour of Carrie's house. It's not really a hoarder, but she has a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. And she has a life-size, I, I, I'd almost say it's an anime sex doll of Princess Leia. <laughs> and she's like, really? <laughs> this turns people on. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. But There's you, a whole Friends episode on the gold bikini. <laughs> oh, Yeah. But you, when they were going through her, her house and everything, you're like, this lady is freaking awesome. Because you can see how her mind works just by the, her house. Right. And also, too, you can see how her mind works in talking about her uh, openness about mental right. illness right. by her urn. Yeah. 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 Which was... It was a big Prozac pill. Big Prozac pill. And <laughs> I remember watching the documentary, and she showed the pill. Yeah. She, it was she just, bought a custom urn. To look like a big Prozac pill, and uh, following her death, you actually see her brother holding it, yeah, holding it after her services, and uh, it was just, you know, it was just a funny, funny. It's Carrie, yeah, it's <laughs> Carrie all the way through. That was her embracing it and and making light of her own issues. I wonder if at the public memorial that's coming up, are they going to have the pill there? 
I, you know, I, I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so. I hope that, you know, I don't know. You know, Star Wars fans are kind of like Beatles fans in yeah. some sense that they might get a little crazy. I'll pop one if they even think about it. Of course. But <laughs> because we're, we're, we're those kind of fans where we're like, it's funny to think about it. You yeah. make an attempt, I will brain you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, we have our, our morning moment and we have our, mo- uh, you know, our period of, of sadness and grief and all of that stuff. But then when you start to, to look at, all of the joy and the wondrous things, and, and I, I promise you, you're going to find out things about Carrie Fisher in just researching that you'll go, holy shit, yeah. I didn't realize she was in this. Uh, for the longest time, I didn't realize that that was her and George Lucas on the bridge in London when uh, uh, you know Peter and Tinkerbell are fly, you know, off, and fly off and hook. And they lift up into the air because they're each other's happy thoughts. Well, that's, yeah. that, that's Carrie and, yeah. and George. You know? Well, um, you knew she dated... Paul Simon, right? Mm-hmm. And well, and Kevin revealed on yeah, a, Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith revealed on his podcast like I stopped listening to Paul Paul Simon because of that crap. Yeah, because he was jealous. Yeah, and uh, you know it was just it was kind of funny because uh, you know Kevin Kevin shared some some interesting stuff about and, their time together. And, in the Jason Mewes part too was really interesting because I only, I only heard about the main part of that story where Carrie Fisher kind of just shuts Mewes down. Yeah. But I never knew it kind of extended to her going like, I know you're, you have your problems and everything, so yeah. don't be a moron. Let's just talk about that then. Yeah. And then that connected them for exactly. forever. And then exactly. like Kevin was talking about, I think it was on the Smodcast where him and Mojo were talking about Carrie. And he's like, every time I talked to Carrie, she was always like, how's Jason? Yeah. How's Jason? Yeah. She, she cared about, you know, so many people and, and, you know, really... He took the time to, you know, greet and and uh, embrace the fans, the Star Wars fans, which she's had to deal with for years. One of my favorite things is when she was on, um, oh, Graham Norton. Oh, God. Graham Norton, <laughs> Graham Norton in the UK with, uh, with uh, Daisy. Daisy Ridley. Oh, God, yes, I love that. <laughs> and she says to her, you need to get used to the fans coming up to you. Like, good luck, good luck, here it is, you know, because I had a fan that came up to me and was like, I've thought about you every day for 17 years, three times a day. Oh, <laughs> and then, and the look on Daisy's the face. The look on Daisy's face was like, oh my God. What I sign on yeah. to. <laughs> you know. And, but and, to have a mentor like her, yeah. though. To have somebody, you know, use your guide, your guide post and your, 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 uh, your Sherpa through the world of uh, Star Wars. Well, that kind of reminded me too of something else about the documentary where they kind of talk about Carrie's first ventures into the convention world. Yeah. Because she was kind of staunch, like, uh, no, I'm not doing this. Right. I'm not doing this. And then they show her going to her first one. Mm-hmm. And she's loving every moment of it because she's being the little girls. She's being the right. adult women and everything. And it's kind of like she opened the door on something like she was so used to kind of going, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, man. It's uh, and, and I can't, I can't even imagine it on a celebrity level. You know, we we get to see people like uh, Robin, Robin Shelby. Yeah, has to, you know, like she she endures this, where people are super fans, you know, come up and, and want to talk to her all the time, and she's really warm about greeting him. You know, um, oddly enough, yesterday, uh, as of the date of this recording, uh, yesterday, I had my own little moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, wow. I was at um, I was at the, the uh, rehearsals for Spamalot, 
And um, we were talking about previous shows that we did, and I happened to go into the uh, the shop where we you know build all our props and stages yeah. and things like that. And on the fridge in there, it was a picture of me as Nicely Nicely Johnson from Guys and Dolls singing. Nice. And uh, I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. And I took a snapshot of it, and I had come back in, and I was showing one of my other friends who I'd done theater with for a while. And this girl comes up. She's a high school senior, and uh, she's in our production, and she glanced over and she goes what what is that and so i showed her a picture and she goes that's guys and dolls and i went yeah and she goes he was my favorite character and i go that's me <laughs> and she oh, went crap. yeah and she was like oh my god do you remember the little girl and her mom that came up to you and was like hi you know like and took a picture with you and i'm like vaguely i mean oh, like it crap. was like a long time ago so she's actually digging out the picture that is cool so that she can bring in so i have this weird like crossover moment for me. You'll have to keep me posted on how that turns out. Yeah, it, you know, like it just kind of caught me off guard. But that, you know, like the, I was relating that to the fact that, you know, I, you, you did I ever tell you about when I got recognized from Tonight Show? No. Yeah, I was working at Blockbuster and I'm digging stuff out of the return bin, and this couple was leaving, and the girl looked at me like, "Where have I seen you before?" I'm like, "Probably here." <laughs> and she's like, no, I've seen you somewhere else. I'm like, I'm not sure. She's like, you were on that James Brown sketch of The Tonight Show, weren't you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. That's wild, dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, like, fan interactions like that happen all the time, and, and it's how you choose to embrace them. And, and Carrie, really, she went from somebody who was resistant of it, you know, especially with, with her... You know, her, her mental illness and, and, you know, her battles. Yeah. She went from that to being somebody who really embraced the fans and uh, just became, you know, became the, this champion for... Um, everybody. Yeah, honestly. for really, really everybody, so... As long as you weren't a douche. <laughs> exactly. Or maybe if you're a funny douche. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you can be a douchebag. You just had to be a hilarious yeah. douchebag, so... Yeah. Have something worth saying, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, it's... She's she's definitely going to be missed. Yeah, especially um, now, especially... We get her for episode 8. Yeah, her principal photography was finished for episode 8, and, and Lucasfilm and uh, Disney and stuff have already confirmed that they're, they're not, not going to do CGI. They're not going to go Rogue back, One on her. Right, to bring her back for uh, episode 9. So uh, I'm curious to see how they're going to do script changes to write her out. I think I, th- I think I told you this, and I'll put it on wax or digital wax right now. Okay. I'm hoping to keep her in for nine. Just figure out some way to keep her out of the, like, visually. Mm-hmm. But just be like, uh, General Leia's doing blah, blah, blah. Right. And then, of course, since this is a cash cow right now for Disney and Lucas films and everything, is like, you know there's going to be more. And right. then over that time, that would be the time to go, General Princess Leia has passed during the the gap between episode... Nine and ten, right, right? And I would love to see it where uh, uh, Luke Skywalker takes some kind of a either like a royal position or some kind of government position, kind of a pressured thing where he's like, "I don't want to do this. I just want to do my thing." But he gets into that. But then Leia passes, and something there happens where he has to pick up the lightsaber again and be like, "Okay, let's yeah, let's be a Jedi again." Right, right. And I think that would that'd be an interesting way, and then that'd be a way to wrap up. Luke too. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but of course, we saw two movies go, and uh, there's still Kylo Ren running around. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a ton of speculation out there. But you know, like if I can if I can recommend, if you want to see her, you know, when she was at her absolute, and this is this is the one I thought she was, you know, just sexy as could be. Um, the Blues Brothers. Oh yeah. Oh. Totally agree. 1980, I believe it was. Uh, so this is Empire Strikes Back era. Yeah. It's you know right before uh, Empire. Or, you know, I think maybe right around the same time that it was released because it came out in 1980. Um, but, you know, she was funny and sexy as hell. Like, oh. completely trying to blow up Jake. Yeah. And, uh, you know, trying to kill him and off him for leaving her at the altar. And... Uh, you know, just falls back into his woo as soon as he takes his glasses off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, I it's such a funny, funny moment. I just recently saw that for the first time. Yeah, yeah, I'm still ashamed it took me that long. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna smash you on this. One. Yeah, I won't. Uh, I'll let you slide. Then there's also uh, the movie. I forget the title of that uh, of the movie that Kevin Smith was talking about because he saw it, like multiple times because she was in her underwear. R- oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Another sexy moment for her. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was incredibly, incredibly sexy, and. You know, aside from that, she was a strong presence, and then really by the time you get to 83's Return of the Jedi, she becomes, and this is why I get so pissed off when people get up in arms about Slave Leia and yeah. being in the gold bikini and all that stuff. You know what? It was all part of the plan. Like, it was it was a layered plan. Like, we're going to do this, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, this is the plan we're going to do. Well, I guess it, it, like, and you heard what they started calling it. What do they, they call that? Under, Something else. Undercover. Layout. Undercover. Yeah, it's shut the shut yeah. the fuck up. We still have a what the fuck. Stop place. putting such a stigma yeah. on shit like that. Yeah. She was made into a slave, and she in in being you know uh, objectified by Jabba, knowing full well that it was to rescue Han for the love of Han and and you know for the rebellion and everything else. She in a in a moment wrapped that chain around his neck and choked Jabba to death and yeah. took him out and uh, you know just became an absolute badass. Oh, yeah. You know if she wasn't already. No, and, she uh, she was a badass when she first entered the galaxy. Right. So you know I I uh, I will readily yell at anybody who fucking calls her undercover Leia. Yeah. Like his stakeout Leia. Like, <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But uh, Richard Dreyfus and Emilio Estevez yeah, running around. That's exactly what I was thinking. Deep cut. Uh, <laughs> and stakeout two with Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, uh, another stakeout, I think, is what. Yeah, another stakeout. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, you know, like there's there's really there's not much to, to say about Carrie Fisher's life that hasn't already been summed up by other people, and uh, you know, I just I'm gonna take a moment here just to say. You know, uh, thank you for being my introduction into a galaxy far, far away. Um, she's an absolute badass, standing in the face of Vader, defiant, and same with Moff Tarkin, Grand Moff Tarkin. I apologize. There's a, an official title there. Oh yeah. Um, we lost like 20 viewers there. You know, but she just was a just a powerhouse in the Star Wars universe that I, I think went underappreciated until now. Yeah. And. Uh, just an amazing talent, an amazing writer, actor, uh, you know, screen screenplay writer. Um, yeah, just the whole nine yards. She was she was phenomenal and phenomenally funny. If you ever get a chance, take a look at what uh, Anna Kendrick had to say about meeting her. Oh shit! I got uh, it. Was, yeah, it was something where she was. She made some comment about her being magical and and 
<laughs> Carrie Fisher took some glitter or something and sprinkled across her and was like, woo! <laughs> and it went on away. It was something, something to that effect. That's awesome. But it was just, you know, like, that's, that's rad. You know, she was just an amazing entity. So I'll, I'll wrap up and let you finish this out. Well, you kind of said everything there. And uh, to kind of uh, put the exclamation point on it, how we talked about uh, all the uh, stuff that she worked on in front of and behind the camera and everything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just got to reiterate the stuff she did beyond the studio with like how we talked about the mental illness stuff where mm-hmm. how she would champion that. And just, I know Steve Martin got a little bit of grief on his tweet about meeting her and thinking, Oh God, this woman's so beautiful and everything. And then he goes, and I realized how smart she was. And it's like, don't give Steve Martin crap on that because that, that, yeah. that was an exclamation point right there because that summed her up because Especially in Hollywood, it's so easy to have that pretty face and everything and just be like handed the world on a silver platter. And especially with her parents and everything, she could have easily had that right uh, handed over to her. But with the beauty came the brains and Carrie Fisher was that total package. And to me, a woman with that much brilliance is probably the most beautiful person on the planet. And that's honestly to me, that's the best way for me to sum up Carrie Fisher is such a beautiful person and beautiful soul. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. and uh, you know, she was she was just tremendous in everything that she endeavored towards and uh, broke the mold and broke her own stereotypes. Yeah, and broke the stereotypes of those with mental illness, and she did it unapologetically with a middle finger in the air. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and uh, did it on her own terms, which is another feat that very few people can say that they did. Uh, you know, which was which take life by the balls and give it a it, twist. Yeah, make it make <laughs> it give you what it what you want, and uh, you know, and and do it without flinching. You know, yeah. without uh, you know taking all the flack and taking all the heat and all that stuff and just shrugging it off and holding her head high. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm gonna leave. I'm, I'm gonna close out my my portion with this last thing that I, I read, which was when she was talking about how people were like, "Oh, she's kind of worse for wear." Yeah. You know, after seeing episode seven, and she was sure. like, "You know what? I lived. I, I, you know, this is what drugs does to you know your body. I, you know, this this is what has happened over my lifetime. This is you know what's what's happened. And you know what? I, I think I'm pretty beautiful, and I think I've she you know held pretty good. well. And she held her head just high, and I, you know, fucking a. She's she's somebody that for years and years and years to come, I'm gonna be here proud to show my daughters, uh, what, you know, what the defining picture of a strong independent woman is yeah because she was uh, that for a couple generations great role model and i don't just mean in her characters i mean in her writing and her you know like her speeches and her you know just her own tongue-in-cheek look at at, at the things that she's been through and and overcome so thank you carrie and um you know thank you to debbie uh following suit you know right after the passing your daughter i can't even imagine yeah i'm glad you guys are together somewhere uh, you know, one with the force. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. yeah. Um, I, I don't think I can, uh, give it a better send off than what you just said. So, Thanks. um, I'm going to end it with the, this, I swear to God, the next episode will not discuss death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swear. It's, unless it's death of a franchise <laughs> or something, something like that, you know, something where we can make fun of it more. Yeah. Uh, but we did this with Prince, and I think I'm going to do the same thing with uh, this episode where we're celebrating the life of Carrie Fisher. I'm going to just end it by saying, this has been Josh. This has been Nick. And uh, here's some words from Carrie. 
I'm proud that my daughter's turned out as well as she has, and certainly I can't take credit for all that by any means. But, and I don't know that my daughter, <laughs> she is kind of an event for me. Maybe I'm more of an event for her. But um, I don't know. I think I never thought I would have like a real life in a way. Like that, that is something that comes from growing up in a kind of showbiz family, is that, you know, you have these fantasies of having a real life. But I'm, I'm proudest of that my daughter has, She's survived me.